Shalom, shalom. Welcome. Welcome to tonight's Parsha. Praise the Lord that we can connect. If you are logged on and connected, let me know there on the chat, on our YouTube chat. I'm going to give a couple moments for everyone to jump on and get ready for tonight's teaching. My name is Pastor Evelyn from In One Spirit Miami Church. And um, for those who do not know where we are located, we are in Hialeah, Florida. And if you want to know a little bit more um, information about our uh, ministry and our gathering place, on the screen you have our website, In One Spirit Miami Church. <clears throat> you can also find us um, on Facebook, and on several podcasts, we actually have about 10 right now, but from the ones on the top of my head, um, we are on Google Podcasts, we are on Apple, we are on Spotify, we are on Breaker, and we are on Radio Public. Um, those, I believe, are the main ones, although I know that we have um, gotten on new ones lately, so we praise the Lord for that. Um, so we're just going to give a couple moments. I do see uh, some some of you already connecting. I am going to ask that you take this moment to share this teaching. You can copy the link and put it on your platforms. My brother Henry, bless you brother. Bella from California, praise the Lord. Thank you Father, thank you for connecting. Marivel from our congregation, praise the Lord. I'm going to take a moment and um, share this while we are waiting for others to jump on. If you don't mind, go ahead and share it on if you have um, maybe Facebook Messenger. Send the link of this video to your friends, your loved ones. Tell them to hop on. I believe this word is not going to be too long. Um, but it is, it's gonna, it's gonna be a blessing. Um, it really blessed me. And so I pray that it does the same for you. I'm gonna take this moment to share. Grab your pens, your notebooks, your Bibles. And continue. Perfect. Praise the Lord. All right, so that is shared. Perfect. Praise the Lord for social media and these platforms that we can get the word of God out there. Amen. So let's see who else is connected tonight. I'm excited for tonight's word. Very, very grateful for the opportunity um, to connect. I always say it and never take it lightly to share God's word. I mean, word. What a privilege. Uh, my sister Angie. Welcome, Angie. Will you help me please to share the verses? I know you you always do. Um, also copy this link and share it um, with those who know that you know that are um, that enjoy these partials. Amen. So um, we're going to go ahead and start. It's not going to be too long. We're going to try to keep it within the hour. Um, but I do want to share just something that really ministered to me out of this whole entire Parsha. There's several chapters that are covered in Parsha, Beshalach. And um, you have there on your screen the way it's spelled, Parsha, Beshalach. Last year I said it wrong. This year I think I'm saying it a little bit better. <laughs> you always get better with time, right? Um, so... It's uh, it covers a lot of chapters. It covers 
um, from chapters 13 of Exodus all the way through chapter 17. So there are a lot of uh, chapters covered in this uh, Torah portion. It's the 16th reading of the Torah portion cycle. And um, I just, I love, I love this chapter because, or these chapters from this parsha, because it just really gives us a glimpse of how much we are like the Israelites. We are the modern day Israelites, if you will. And um, we see ourselves in the Israelites all the time. And we'll jump into it in a minute, but it just really, really ministered to me. And, and as I was just going over my notes, it really just brought tears to my eyes because, man, God is God is really, really faithful and really patient with each and every one of us. Amen. And so um, let's go ahead and begin with prayer. We don't want to do anything without the Lord blessing this time. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for the blessing that your word is, your that, that manna in our lives, Father. Thank you for it is so nutritional to our spirit, Abba. Thank you. Thank you because it's fresh. Every time we open it, it's fresh manna for first spirit and we we thank you for this this small community that comes together father online every thursday to do a little bit more digging lord a little bit more studying father thank you for the way you minister through your word but thank you because even though you minister you also correct and you discipline and you convict and father your word does it all and so for that we praise you and we thank you father i just pray that you would use me, Father, as a humble vessel to just transmit, Lord, what you put in my heart through this parsha, and that you would, you would allow me to deliver an unadulterated word, Father. I pray that we don't become like the, the modern day followers, Lord, that add or take away from your word, Father. May we present it in a way that is the same way that it was given to us, Father God, without adding or subtracting anything from it, Father. We thank you. Thank you for your spirit, Father. Thank you for your Ruach. Thank you, Father, because that spirit lives within each and every one of us, Father. Thank you because that spirit guides us, Father. Thank you because that, that spirit teaches us, Father, and that spirit convicts us. During this week, Father, I felt how the spirit would convict me on certain things that my flesh wanted to do. But the Spirit was there, Lord. The Spirit was there convicting and teaching me and leading me, Lord. And that's my prayer every day that we don't follow the flesh, but we follow the Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that everyone that is connected would receive, although it's not a long word, it's really, it's, it's, it's something that really ministered to me and, and it, 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 it encouraged me. Father, it encouraged me and I pray that it does the same with everyone that connects tonight. I pray that if those that connect at a later time would also be strengthened and encouraged, Father God, through your word. Thank you for everyone that is connected. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters who are taking the time, Lord, to receive word, Father God, because our spirit needs it. Father, I pray that during this hour, all distractions are casted out, Father. I pray that everything that tries to come and distract us, the cares of the world, the obligations that we have in our lives, Father, every distraction, Father, would be just put aside for this moment that we spend with you and your word. Father, we want to tell you that we love you, we praise you, and we honor you tonight. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen, amen. Thank you, Father. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, like I said, it's not a long word um, but or, or a long teaching, if you will. It's just a couple of things that I saw within this portion that ministered to me and I want to share with you. And I want to do that by, first of all, by if you look at your screen, you'll know that this uh, Parsha, this Torah portion goes from, uh, it covers Exodus 13 verse 17 all the way through Exodus 17 verse 8. So all between these chapters, you're going to be seeing that it, it talks about the pillars of the cloud and fire it talks about the crossing of the red sea it talks about how the pursuers were drowned it talks about the song of moses um it talks about 
the song of miriam it talks about the bitter waters made sweet talks about the bread from heaven the manna talks about water from the rock it talks about amalek and how um, they attack israel and they were defeated so it talks about so many things but what really ministered to me from this parsha was the very 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 beginning and i want to start reading exodus 13 17. so if we can all open our bibles to exodus 13 verse 17 and if someone can just let me know on the chat if you hear me well and there's no static or anything i have kind of like three devices going on right now just give me a thumbs up if the sound is good amen so, I believe it's good. Okay, so on um, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, it says, After Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, although that was pretty nearby. For God said, the people might change their minds if they see war and return to Egypt. Mm. I already feel the Spirit of God ministering. Amen. Angie said loud and clear. Praise God. Verse 18 says, So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Sea of Reeds, and B'nai Israel, which are the people of Israel, went up out of the land of Egypt armed now i stopped right there in those two verses and i said wow they had god could have taken the israelites after their redemption from egypt he could have taken them straight to the promised land it even emphasizes here in these two verses that we read how he did not lead them along the road to the land of the philistines Although that was nearby, he took them through the longer route. He took them through the wilderness. Now, I stopped there for a moment because I stopped there and I started thinking. I started pondering and I started asking the Lord to speak to, you know, to speak to me about this. Because it's the, it's, there, there has to be a reason why he took them through the longer route. And there's tons of reasons why he took them through the wilderness. But what really ministered to me is that if he would have taken the people of Israel from Egypt straight into the promised land, they would not be able, their character would not be able to sustain what flowed in the promised land. And it, it happens with us all the time as parents. If us as parents, we always want to teach our kids that they need to work hard for what they want to achieve in life. As parents, we will be there for them, right? We will support them. We will encourage them. We will help them, but we won't hand everything to them because they have to learn. They have to learn how much it costs to get to where they got to so that they can appreciate it. And along the journey of them learning and working hard for what they're trying to achieve, there's something that begins to create in them. And that is character. Character. If we would hand our children everything, then their character will not be developed. Come on, brother. Henry. Henry said it. Character. Praise the Lord. We're in the same spirit. That's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. If he would have taken the people of Israel from Egypt straight into the promised land, their character would not sustain what would flow inside the promised land. He will not take you. Shalom, Lena. Welcome. Welcome, my sister. He will not, he will not take you to a place where your character cannot sustain the blessing we will spoil it 
We will spoil the blessing because our character is not developed enough. There is not enough wisdom. There is not enough knowledge of who God is in our lives to sustain the blessing that we are now in. So I said, okay, apart from God doing all of that in our lives, that's why I say we, we, I, I see ourselves now as the modern day Israelites, because if we can be honest, we, we like the shortcuts. We like the shortcuts, but God is not a God of shortcuts. Because if he were to be a God of shortcuts, he would be basically giving us everything we need without developing our character. We would pray. Welcome, Edwin. Welcome, Brother Edwin. We would pray. And he would give us the blessing without taking us through the journey. And one thing I learned about God is that God is more interested in seeing us develop spiritually than handing us the promised land. I'm going to say that again. God is more interested in seeing us developed spiritually than handing us the promised land. So I see ourselves as that modern day Israel, those modern day Israelites, because we want quick fix. We want it quick. We want it now. But God is not, like I said, God is not a God of shortcuts. He took the Israelites through the wilderness because he had to develop their character. He had to face them with different oppositions so that they would be developed and that they, and they would begin to trust that God that was leading them. Because what I noticed in our lives that we trust God to answer our prayers. But we don't trust God's character to sustain us in the wilderness. Mm, I feel the spirit of God. We trust God to answer our prayers, but we don't trust God's character to sustain us in the wilderness. And another, another thing that God showed me while I was meditating on these two simple verses at the very beginning of this Parsha. Is that not only what he's, was he developing their character. Remember, they left Egypt with a whole lot of idolatrous baggage. They had a lot of baggage that they, carried, that they came out of Egypt with. So he had, to, he had to break those things off of them. But at the same time, he had to develop their character. But at the same time, he had to show, he wanted to show them his character. He wanted to show them his character. Why? Because he wanted them to learn how to learn to trust him. He wanted them to learn how to trust him. And that is a very important thing when we are in this journey. And it, it kind of reminds me, kind of a little bit backtracking here on, on how we are known to be the people of the narrow road. Or believers are to be walking on the narrow road. There is no wide road. We are to be walking in the narrow road. And it dawned on me that there were other roads that God could have taken them through. As we just read right now along the road of the land of the Philistines. But he didn't choose He didn't choose to take them through that route. He chose to take them through the wilderness. And it dawned on me in that very moment that that was their narrow road. That was their narrow road. And a lot of us face wilderness in our lives when we are really standing on the word. We, 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 we go through the wilderness in our lives because that is our narrow road. The narrow road for us was that wilderness for them. It just dawned on me on that very moment. I said, where, where did this narrow road come, come, in, come in? In the New Testament? No. The wilderness was their narrow road. And they were placed on the narrow road, although they could have been placed in any other road that could have gotten them to the promised land quicker. No, they were placed in the narrow road. And all throughout the narrow road, they had a choice to make. 
they could either go back to Egypt or they can continue in the narrow road. And the same is true for you and I. We can go back to the bondage of sin, to the law of sin, or we can continue in this wilderness, in this narrow road where we are being developed, where we are being stripped away from paganism, where we are being stripped away from idolatry, uh, uh, things, uh, I, I, idolatrous stuff. We are being taken into a closer relationship with the Lord where we learn his character from one opposition to the other. We learn his character. And why do I tell you that? Because all through the wilderness, he showed them aspects of his character because he wanted them to trust him in different levels. For example, he wanted to teach them that he was the way maker. That is one aspect of his character. When they were confronted by the Red Sea, he showed them that he is the way maker. Another thing or another aspect of his character that he wanted to show them was or that he wanted to teach them was that he was Adonai Rofecha. I'll spell this for you. R-O-P-H-E-K-H-A. I may be butchering it, but Adonai Rofecha. And in Hebrew, that means healer. So not only did he want to teach him the aspect of his character as the way maker, but he wanted to teach him the aspect of his character as their healer. And where do we see this? We see this in chapter, in chapter 15 of the same Parsha. We see this in chapter 15 where the waters, the bitters, the bitter waters were made sweet. If we read that chapter, we see that they reached Mara, which was a place of bitter waters. And the Israelites, what did they do? They began to do what they do best, complain. And that's us. When we get to bitter situations or where we're confronted with bitter situations that modern day israelite begins to stir up within us and we begin to complain so when they got to mara which were the bigger the bitter waters they began to complain and god answered moses because moses would always go and say well what do i do with these people this is the people you gave me and all they do is complain i don't know what to do they're driving me nuts well god would always answer God told Moses by showing him that there was a piece of wood that he was to throw into that bitter water. And in that moment, that water would become sweet. This resulted in healing. The water was healed. And so not only did he want to teach them the aspect of his character, that he is a way maker, but he wanted to teach them the aspect of his character, that he is their healer. Not only did he show them that he was the way maker, but the healer, but he also wanted to teach them the aspect of his character that he was Adonai Jireh. And that in Hebrew means their provider. And you can see this if you read Exodus chapter 16, when it talks about how manna reigns from heaven. So when they entered this wilderness, they saw that they had no food. And in this very moment, it made them wish that they had died in Egypt. But God, can you say that with me? But God, he caused bread and manna to rain from heaven. Not only that, but he also sent quails. If you read that chapter, you'll see he also sent quails to provide the people with meat. So you're talking about fresh bread and fresh meat being provided in the wilderness where there was no food. So he wanted to show them the aspect of his character as a provider. Come on, I feel the spirit of God. He is so amazing. 
not only did he want to show them the aspect of his character that he is the way maker, but also their healer, their provider. But he also wanted to teach them the aspect of his character that he was Adonai Sudi. And that is T-S-U-R-I. And that word in Hebrew means their rock. He wanted to teach them that he was their rock. When they reached a certain point that there was a parched land, and you can read this in chapter 17 of the book of Exodus. So you see how we're going through the different chapters all within this Parsha. When they reached the parched land and they found no water, Moses was instructed to strike the rock and living water would gush and come rushing out of the uh, out of that rock so that the people and their thirst would be quenched and they would be strengthened once again so not only did he teach them that he was the way maker he taught them that he was their healer he taught them but that he was their provider he taught them that he was their rock but he also taught them Another aspect of his character, which is that he is Adonai Nisi. And that is N-I-S-S-I. That in Hebrew means banner. And you can read about this in Exodus chapter 17. When they were confronted by their first battle as a nation with the Amalekites. While they, were, while, while they were in war, while the war was raging, Moses would go up to the hilltop and he would hold his staff in the air. And when he would raise his hands in the air in prayer, the Lord would cause the Israelites to prevail. And when they were done and they prevailed over the Amalekites, they built an altar and called it the Lord is my banner. So in sum, beloved, he is the way maker. He is the healer. He is the provider. Come on, I feel the spirit of God. He is the rock. He is the banner. He is everything we need him to be. They would have never, listen to what I'm telling you, they would have never learned those aspects of God's character if they, had, if they would have gone through the nearby road to the promised land. Why do I tell you that? Because every aspect of God's character was displayed in a moment of opposition. You and I, beloved, are those Israelites on the narrow road. And God takes us through this. He could do it another way, beloved. He could give you a quick answer. He could be that God of shortcuts if he pleased. But he's not. He's not going to do it that way. Because there are aspects about his character that you and I still do not know. There are aspects about his character that you and I still do not trust. We can say we trust him as our healer. We can say we trust him as our provider. We can say we trust him as the way maker, as the rock, as the banner. But when it comes time to really face an opposition and have to call upon him as our way maker and as our healer and as our provider and as our rock and as our banner, we doubt. And I, and I say this for myself, we doubt, but it's in those moments that he comes through as that way maker, as that healer, as that provider, as that rock, as that banner. And he proves to me that he is faithful and that he is true to every aspect of his character. And just those two verses, I just started bawling in the presence of God because I am that Israelite. You are that Israelite. He can't show you any other way who he is if you're not in the wilderness. 
And even after all of that, we're still those Israelites when we complain. He showed us he was the way maker a year ago, months ago, days ago. But yet we need him again to part a spiritual Red Sea for us. But we doubt. We adopt, like I like to say, the spiritual amnesia. We forget. We forget how faithful he's been. We forget that when sickness touched our family, how he came through and healed. We forget that when we didn't have enough, he came through at the right time with something unexpected and blessed us. We forget that when we were spiritually weak, he was that rock for us. We forget. We forget so many things. That's why we are in a constant wilderness. Because I can I can imagine if we would trust every aspect of God in its totality. A lot of believers wouldn't be in the cycle of the wilderness that they're in all the time. But he has to take us again to the beginning because we didn't learn who he was as a provider. So let's go back to the beginning because I have to show you again who I am as a provider. And you got to get to the point that you, you trust me as your provider. Or we don't trust him as a healer. Let's go to the, to the beginning of the wilderness because I got to take you to a point where you trust me fully as your healer. Come on. Or you didn't learn about me as a rock. So I got to take you to the beginning of the wilderness. Let's do it again. It's a vicious cycle because we cannot, we cannot fathom the faithfulness and the glory and, the, and how true God is in all the aspects of his character. It's hard for us to understand that. But he's so patient with us. The same way he was so patient with the Israelites. He was so patient with them and he's so patient with us. And so going back to the verses we just read. Yes, it would have been easier for them. But would it, would it have been convenient for them? We want easy. We don't always pray convenience. Father, it may not be convenient or it may not be what I like, but what's going to be good for me? These are, these are the, 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 the things I'm presenting to you in prayer. You know what is good for me. I may want one thing, but God, I want what is at the end, what is going to be good for me. What is going to last for me. Because I want to get to the promised land with a developed character, not only internally for me, but I want to get to the promised land trusting you in your totality. Something was happening in that wilderness within them. Not only within them, but something was happening for them. But they didn't realize it. They kept on complaining. They kept on complaining. And so in these two verses, I learned that God is not a God of shortcuts. He wants to teach us. And we have to develop that teachable spirit. We have to develop that teachable spirit because if we do not develop that teachable spirit, we will be in this vicious cycle of the wilderness over and over and over and we will never learn. And so that's one of the things that God just really spoke to me in the first opening verses. I also want to read Exodus 14 verses see here exodus uh, exodus 14 verses 10 through 12 so we see in verse in uh, chapter 14 that 
They faced the Red Sea. God showed them who he was. God showed them their faithfulness in previous times. Look at what it says here in verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, Bene Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. So they were terrified. And Bene Israel cried out to Adonai. They said to Moses, Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness because there were no graves in Egypt? Come on, they were taken out of Egypt, but Egypt was not taken out of them. They kept on thinking about it and wanting to be there. That's us too, beloved, by the way. It continues to say, Did we not say to you in Egypt, Let us alone or leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? It was better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Yeah, no, because nobody really wants to be in that narrow road. And that was their narrow road. It's funny because when the narrow road gets too difficult, we immediately turn back to our past or we desire to turn back to our past. Because at least in our past, we didn't have a narrow road. We really didn't have to face any oppositions because we were in the land of the enemy. We were in the camp of the enemy. And so as long as you're in his camp, he really doesn't give you a hard time. But once you step out of his camp and now you're in the camp of his opponent, that's when he comes after you. It continues to say, It was better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Adonai, which he will perform for you today. You have seen the Egyptians today, but you will never see them again, ever. Adonai will fight for you. <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. Adonai will fight for you while you hold your peace. Then Adonai said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Tell Bene Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Then Bene Israel will go into the midst of the sea on dry land. So another thing while I was going through my notes and the second point that I want to talk about tonight and then we'll, we'll be done tonight. But the first thing was the first two verses and how God showed me why the wilderness because their character needed to be developed and he wanted to show them his character so that they can trust him as their God. That was one of the things. And then it led me to this one. Uh, this portion that we just read right now, Exodus 14, 10, all the way to verse 16. And then I just started thinking about that very specific moment because it kind of helps me to get in, in the moment, what they're going through right there and then. God spoke to me about choice. I can imagine when they were faced with that Red Sea, because we talk about it ever so lightly, about being confronted with the Red Sea and the Egyptians behind you. But we don't really get into the moment to think about what they could have felt in that very moment. I could imagine they were overcome with fear. I could imagine that they were, they didn't know where to turn. They would turn to Moses and they would ask questions and Moses didn't have the answer and then he would have to plead to God and give me the answer and you're talking about it wasn't just a group of people there were millions and millions and millions of 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 people they were had to they had to be divided into in, in, into tribes and they and 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 one man had multiple wives and then they had 
children and children's children and you're talking about millions of people faced with this opposition they could they they must have been full of fear and so they turned to Moses and they and they said that they were better off in slavery they were better off in in in, in the hands of Pharaoh than to be slaughtered in the wilderness because they knew for a fact that they were going to be slaughtered because they had chariots and horses and, and they had an, an army coming after them and they couldn't go anywhere because they were a, against this Red Sea. So I can just imagine the moment. So for them at that very moment, the oppression in Egypt was not as bad as the oppression now. Wow. How many times does that cross our mind when we are in the oppression of the narrow road? That in itself can be a title for a teaching one day. The oppression of the narrow road. When we are up against a, the, the oppression in the narrow road, the oppression in Egypt seems much lighter. And that is a shame. Because a lot of people backslide because the oppression of the narrow road is too much for them. And why do I emphasize on for them? Because they have not been able to trust God. And so they have to encamp where they were before because there they were able to handle their oppression. But now this oppression is out of their hands. Now it's when it gets real that they have to trust God. But I love how, how God took me to the word choice when I was reading this. Because oftentimes we don't move forward, beloved, because familiar circumstances are more comfortable than walking into the unknown. I'm going to say that again. Familiar circumstances are more comfortable for us than walking into the unknown. For them, what was more comfortable was Egypt. Because they didn't have to go through all this wilderness opposition. What was uncomfortable for them was staying in the wilderness, facing wilderness oppositions that were not the same oppositions as the ones they had in Egypt. But yet staying in the wilderness. What a choice. And we all have that choice. One way or another in our lives. We have that choice. They saw the hands of Yahweh at work. And they saw his faithfulness. But as soon as they were confronted with pressure and persecution. They immediately retracted and forgot everything. And were overcome with fear and regret that is you and I plenty of times that's why I'm saying God is so patient with us God is so patient with us. how many times do we say God I'm so tired I'm so tired of this wilderness I'm so tired of this journey I've said it more times than I can possibly count but every time I say it I have to stop and think how faithful my God has been. And I repent. And I have to repent. I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I forgot that you were the way maker. Come on, somebody. I'm sorry that I forgot that you were my healer. I'm sorry that I forgot that you were my provider. I'm sorry that I forgot that you were my rock. I'm sorry that I forgot that you were my banner. I'm sorry. Keep me in the wilderness and keep developing me as you please. I find myself saying that a lot of times. Because the truth of the matter is that the narrow road is not easy. And as the days draw near, beloved, they become less easy and less easy. But these are the, the glorious times of the Lord. Where he just shows that even as the day 
draws black or dark, his light shines in the covenant keepers. His light shines even as the day draws near and darkness dawns upon all of the world. Beloved, the covenant keepers will always have light because they're close to him, because they've learned to trust him, because they know who he is. And so they saw the hand, but they feared and they regretted it. And that's happened, and that happens to us all the time. And they were forced to confront the terror of uncertainty. That's something else that the Lord really ministered to me as I was going over my notes. The terror of uncertainty. And it just came to my mind. All of the things that were go that's going on in the world right now. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Nobody knows what the government is going to come up with. Nobody knows what new variant is going to come out. They probably lost names, lost track of names of what they're going to be naming all the new variants. The uncertainty of how many vaccinations you're going to have to get to live in the land. The uncertainty of work. The uncertainty of school, the uncertainty of health, the uncertainty of food. Because you go to the store right now and the shelves are empty. And if you don't learn the character or we don't learn the character of Yahweh in this wilderness, we will face the terror of uncertainty Just like the Israelites did when they faced the Red Sea. That's why the whole point of the wilderness is to learn the character of God and let their character be developed. So since we are the modern day Israelites, we must learn the character of the God we serve. And we must trust every aspect of his character. And we must allow him to develop us. We are those modern day Israelites. If not, we will fall into regret and we will fall into fear and we will fall into the terror of uncertainty because nothing in this world is certain. And so they had a choice. Were they going to trust Or were they going to retract? Were they going to trust or were they going to backslide? Now, something else that really stood out was the way that Moses answered the people. And this is a misconception that we have in the body of Messiah or in, in, in the believers. If you look at how uh, Moses answered, and let's go back to verse 13. In chapter 14 of Exodus, verse 13, it says, But Moses said to the people, when they were regretting it, when they were mumbling, uh, murmuring and complaining and wishing that they were in the hands of Pharaoh again, Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Adonai, which he will perform for you today. You have seen the Egyptians today, but you will never see them again, ever. Verse 14, Adonai will fight for you while you just hold your peace. Then Adonai said to Moses, why are you crying to me? So what we see right there is that God admonished Moses. In other words, he rebuked what, he, what Moses had told the people. You would think he wouldn't, right? I mean, how many times do we tell people, be still and know that he's God. So don't do anything. Don't move forward in faith. Don't, don't lift a finger. Don't do absolutely anything. Just be still, hold your peace, and know that he's God. Man, what a misconception we have when it comes to that. 
If it weren't to be a misconception, why would Adonai say in verse 15, why are you crying to me? In other, in other words, why are you telling that to the people? God was not pleased with the answer that Moses gave the people. He was not pleased with the answer that Moses gave the Israelites. And the Lord let him have it. The Lord told him that he was not pleased. He says, why are you crying to me? Tell the people or tell the Israelites to go forward. We have to think about the slaves, a slave's existence. Think about this for a moment. Think about a slave's existence. A slave is robbed of dignity. They're robbed of freedom. The okay, so we are back. I had to do a part two because the broadcast, for some reason, um, decided that it wanted to shut down. So I do apologize for that. This happens often with um, the program that we use. So we may have to be changing the program soon. But... Um, we are back. I'm just going to give a couple moments. See if we can connect again. If you connect again, then please just let me know that you are connected on the chat. I'll give a couple moments. All right. I do see some other people connected. Aquí estamos, Angie. Amen. My sister. I don't know what, what to say about this program that we use sometimes. It just stops whenever it wants. So we'll give a couple moments and um, just finish off, really. Um, I was about to finish anyways, but I did just want to finish reading the notes that I have here. Um... So we'll go ahead and do that. If you know some of the people, Angie, that were connected, if you can just copy this link, which is part two, and send it to them, that would be great help. If you are connected, please let me know that you are so that we can continue and finish off this last point. Amen. You do the live directly from the YouTube page. You'll have to show me how to do that, Angie. So let's go ahead and, and finish up tonight. Um... Hopefully those who are connected can come back to part two and just finish off um, this portion. Amen. So we were talking about choice. We were talking about how, um, you know, a lot of times we complain that or a lot of times we, we, we kind of look at the Israelites. We look down on them because they complained and wanted to go back to Egypt a lot of times. But one thing we have to understand is if, if we take a moment to think about the existence of a slave, just think about the existence of a slave for a moment. A slave is robbed of their dignity. They're robbed of their freedom. A slave has no agency and no capacity whatsoever to shape his or own fate. This is what a slave goes through. And this is what a slave is, 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 is trained. They, 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 they're robbed of everything. Slaves do what they're told. They have no say of their own. They have no words of their own. They are beaten and dehumanized. They work really hard. But they're very passive. And God, God was trying to break that passiveness. 
That's why the answer that Moses gave them when they began to murmur and complain and desire that they were that they would be back in Egypt instead of being slaughtered in the wilderness that's why in Exodus 14 chapter uh in, in Exodus chapter 14 verse 13 look at the answer that Moses gave them when they began to complain i don't know if we covered this in the first part i'm not sure where it cut off but i'll go back to this it says, but Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, be still and see the salvation of Adonai, which he will perform for you today. You have seen the Egyptians today, but you will, you will never see them again. Adonai will fight for you while you hold your peace. And then in, 15, in verse 15, we see how Adonai admonishes Moses for that answer. It says, Then Adonai said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Tell Bene Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hands over the sea, and divide it. Then Bene Israel will go into the midst of the sea on dry ground. When you think about a slave and their existence, and you think about everything I just told you about them having no dignity and no freedom because they're robbed from it, when you think about them being you know, stripped of everything and they, they're, they're just told what to do. They're very passive because they're slaves. And then you have Moses telling them while they're facing the Red Sea, don't worry about it. Be still, be passive. You don't have to do anything. God is going to do everything. God is going to fight for you. You see what God wanted to break at, at that very moment was the passivity of the Israelites. Why? Because it was a slave stronghold that needed to come off. In the wilderness, you cannot be passive. I'm not saying you have to be aggressive, but you have to stand firm. And the word stand firm in Hebrew, and I'll spell it out. I'm not even going to try to, to say it. I'll spell it out for you. The phrase stand firm is spelled out H-I-T-Y-A-T-Z-V-U. And this phrase stand firm is used elsewhere in the Bible. And it means a readiness to battle. A readiness to battle. So when, when Moses was telling them to be still, when, no, when Moses was telling them to just hold on to their peace and don't do anything, God admonished that because what he really needed to tell them was to be ready for battle. And a lot of times we say, just be still and know that he's God. Don't do anything. He's going to fight for you. And what we're adopting, we're, what, what we are adopting is the passivity of the Israelites that God wanted to break off when they were faced with the Red Sea. People don't teach it to you that way. So when, when, when I saw this, I was like, well, that brings, that brings a whole new meaning to me now. Be still. Stand firm. He will fight for you. Yes, he will do all that. But you need to be ready for battle. You need to be ready to move forward. One of the things that God showed me here was choice. We have a choice. We can either sit in passivity or we can stand firm. And I'll, I'll try to say the word. Lord, help me. The Hebrew word is hiyatsvu. Hiyatsvu. This is where, like I said, in the Bible, in other areas, it talks about readiness for battle. Most of believers, when you tell them just be still and know that he's God, they sit back and they let God do all the work. He's not our bellboy. He doesn't do all the work for us. This is a team. 
We work together. We get ready for battle in the spirit. And then he gives us the techniques on how to fight in the spirit. Not flesh and blood, but in the spirit. And so that's why God admonished Moses and said, why are you crying out to me? I don't want you to keep them in the passive mode. I want you to teach them to be ready to battle and move forward and make the choice, the correct choice. Deuteronomy 30, 15 says, Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. At that very moment, facing the Red Sea, they were given that choice again. Between life, be ready for battle and move forward in faith, trusting my character, or go back to Egypt and die. You choose. We are the same way, beloved. We have to choose. We don't always make the right choices. So we have to pray, God, give us wisdom to make the right choices. But this is about choice. And Moses wasn't really helping out at the moment when he was telling them, just be still. It's okay. God will fight for you. No. He will fight for you. But you need to stand firm and be ready for battle. Also, Joshua 24, 15. Yes, my brother Henry. Free will. That's right. Free will. Joshua 24, uh, 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, how appropriate is that right now in Exodus 14? <laughs> it didn't seem too desirable for them at the moment because they were faced with uncertainty like we are faced with every day. And to be quite honest, if I can be transparent and completely honest, sometimes the things that we're called to do or the things that we have to stand firm in, which is be ready for battle, they're not really desirable. You really have to submit the flesh most of the time because it's not something that that comes out of us. It's not in our nature. It's in our spirit, not in our nature. And so we just really have to work with the spirit on this. We're like, Lord, help me. Help me be help me. Help me at whatever you're whatever it is that you're. Toward, whatever it is that you're taking me towards or whatever it is that I'm facing or whatever it is that you're calling me to do, please make it desirable for, for, for me. Put the want and the will inside of me. That's biblical. And the, and, and the Lord is so beautiful that you could be completely transparent with him. You can tell him, God, you're, 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 you're taking me here. You're telling me to do this, but I don't feel it inside. I don't have the want and the will. Can you put it there for me? That's the beautiful relationship we have with God. We can tell him these things. And he will do it. Amen? He will do it. So, Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for your salvation this day whom you will serve. At that very moment, when they were facing the Red Sea, they had to choose who they were going to serve. And every single day of our lives, beloved, when you and I wake up, we're facing a Red Sea. Especially in the world that we're living in right now. We're facing a Red Sea. And we have to choose whom we will serve. And so he spoke to me about choice. I also have one more verse that I want to read. And it's in Joshua 1 verse 9. He gives us a choice. But he commands us to choose right. Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is what I want the Lord to minister to your heart today from these two points. And with this, we'll finish. I want him to minister to you about his character. I want him to minister to you about who he is to you. I want him to minister to you on what he's doing through you in the wilderness. 
not only through you, but in you. Don't despise your wilderness, beloved. Don't believe that he is a God of shortcuts. He is not. The wilderness has a purpose, and it's to develop character in you. And that character will be able to sustain the blessing that he's taking you to. But the wilderness also wants to prove to you the character of the God you serve so that you can trust him on a level that you've never trusted him before. And point number two is choice. We all have a choice and it's not to be passive. The choice is not to sit still, know that he's God, be still and do nothing. The choice we have is either to move forward in faith to be courageous, to be strong, to not be afraid, and to not be discouraged, or go back to our Egypt and die. I pray that he ministers to you to make the correct choice. Every single day. That you, when you wake up, the first thing you tell the Lord is, whatever choice I'm going to make today, let it be a choice that will take me towards life. And whenever I feel that the road I'm walking is undesirable. Put the want and the will to remain in that wilderness or in that road because there's something happening in me. And because you're showing me who you are. And in essence, this whole journey that we're in is to learn who God is. And if we don't learn it, when we get to the promised land, we won't be ready for it. So I pray that this Part one and part two minister to you. I'm sorry that it cut off. I thank everyone who reconnected again. My brother Henry said Yeshua won the battle in the wilderness with the word. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All he did was show up and he won the battle because he himself is the word. All he did was show up. <laughs> so whenever we're in the wilderness, we just have to say, Yeshua, show up because you are the word. And we win the battle with the word. So thank you so much for reconnecting again. Everybody on the chat that has been chatting back and forth. Amen, Maribel. Walk in faith. Thank you, Abba, for this powerful and amazing word. So needed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for reconnecting. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he give you peace. And may your countenance be completely transformed the moment you walk out of the presence of being in the